Welcome back to the Addictive Pod. My name is Adrian, and today I'm joined for the first time by a gambling addict. We discuss the effects of gambling addiction on mental health, what it is about gambling addiction that is so enticing for an addict, and practical advice on how to quit the habit. Please join me in welcoming my guest, all the way from Manchester, UK, Alex, the host of the Invisible Addiction Podcast. Alex, welcome to the Addictive Pod. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I think ever since I started the podcast, I had the idea in my head that I wanted to interview people from all of these different addictions, and I have never found someone to come on with the gambling addiction story. So I'm excited to share that because I know tons of people struggle with this. For sure. No, no. Uh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. Anytime. Can you tell me a little bit about because uh, I know you didn't really start gambling until you were 18, but before that, in your early teens uh, or even earlier, did you have any experience of like other behaviors or other things that may have contributed to developing the addiction later on? That's a really good question. Um, I used to play football, which being competitive, like a competitive sport, I think there's been there's been strong links between football and um, yeah, and, and, and sort of like gambling addictions and stuff. So. Um, I, I guess, I guess maybe the, the kind of the lonesomeness of it all. So I feel like I'm kind of a bit of a introvert, as it were, um, kind of extroverted introverts are kind of like happy within myself and, and things like that. So I was always quite fiercely kind of independent. Um, so kind of gambling suited me cause it's, it was just me and the machines. Do you think that there was anything that, um, occurred before you were 18 that maybe you wanted to um escape from or that maybe set you up to be more susceptible to falling into the addiction because i know a lot of people probably come across gambling at 18 but not all of them might become super stuck in it right mm. um why why do you think it was that that you reacted differently than other people to gambling um i think i think it was just the thrill well i suppose a lot of people get into gambling because of the thrill anyway it's it's exciting and um adrenaline driven uh but i think it was just the first time i played roulette um on on a machine in a in a book bookmakers and uh up to that point i like gambled before with friends on like horse racing and football as well um but I, I don't know why it was just sort of, it was just like a new hobby it, it i was just like completely hooked from that first spin i i won my first my first bet on on the roulette and uh it was just like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Um, and, and being quite, as I say, independent, uh, I just learned to drive uh, and I was soon kind of going to the bookies every day. It was just something that kind of quickly crept in. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I'd sort of stopped going with my friends like once a week, um, we, we would go together and then I would just start to go on my own most days. So I, I think it was maybe something to do with the fact that it was, um, this kind of mystery uh, of of like other blokes, mostly blokes in the in the bookies. So I guess it was kind of that like feeling of oh I'm going to be I feel manly. This is what all men do. You've got people of all ages. Um, the fascinate the fascination with like uh, with, with kind of the underground. I don't know this sort of the almost the crime element in a way. Just it, it was all a bit sort of. Uh, seedy in, right. in some respects so I, I don't know i was just attracted to maybe that part as well and uh when you gambled with your friends like on uh, uh on footy or or other events 
Um, what was that experience like? Like, did you ever win big with your friends? Did you already have that sort of experience of, hey, this is a really exciting thing. I could make money with this. This is kind of an adrenaline rush. Yeah, no, no, I never really kind of big win. My friends would like would go to the races and they would maybe win quite decent amounts of money. But um, but no, up into that. So just to be clear, the the the, the bet that I made on the roulette was like, yeah, like um, just just from like the pounds, uh, a pound bet. Um, I, I won £7.20 and uh, I, it was off a stake of 20p. So those those odds were, were, were pretty big. Um, and it was, yeah, it's like nothing I'd ever really experienced before. And it seemed it seemed really easy and straightforward. Um, and I was like, well, that was, <laughs> that's a, it's a mugs game. Like, this is this is a this is a great way to make some money. So um, yeah, it had that had that element straight away. And it was on black seventeen, right? That was your lucky number. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally, it's crazy how like it's complete chance, but for some reason in your mind, it's like no, it's not chance. It's that number. It's that specific thing. There's a connection that's made that someone might be able to like explain to you that it's irrational, but in your mind, it's still that's going to impact your decisions for the next, I don't know, 10 years or something, right? Like how long did that go on for? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like hit the nail on the head, like 10 years, um, uh, just completely obsessed by that number. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's crazy looking back, um, you know, down the line of recovery as well, uh, as it were, but, um, yeah, just com a, a complete compulsion to that number. That number was the only thing that really kind of made me happy for a long time. And then for a long time after that, um, towards the end of the addiction, it was it was just like there was no feeling towards it at all. But yeah, it's 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 strange how you can get, as I say, it's completely irrational. It's illogical. It's yeah, it, it you you just don't you don't think you don't think it's it's all you care about really. Yeah, that's all addictions have that component. I think gambling just kind of puts it in the light a little more strongly about it being chance, but. Yeah, all addictions have that. There's something so irrational about it. There's something so compulsive about it. What did your friends think when you would go on your own? Was there any type of judgment from them or were they all into it as well? So like, yeah, most of my friends, I would say, were, were kind of gamblers. Um, so there was that, again, we were like 17, 18. So it was that kind of youthful, um, that, that youthful kind of ignorance, if you like. Um, oh, everyone else does it. We'll do it as well. So so yeah, they, they like to gamble. Um uh, but they didn't necessarily know that I was going on my own. Um, that was that was very secretive. Uh, the first time I lied was I got in trouble with the police, actually, um, for a sort of small misdemeanor. And I was at the bookies. And my dad rung and said, look, dude, the police are here. Like, he was really angry with me, um, understandably so. And, uh, yeah, it was the first time I had to lie and say that where, where, I, where I'd been on a Sunday afternoon for a couple of hours. So, um, yeah, my friends didn't know per se. But uh, my, well, nobody knew. It was the first time I lied and I got away with it. I was like, whoa, I got away with it. Um, it wasn't the fact that I'd been in trouble with the police. It was the fact that I could lie about where I'd been gambling. So, right. yeah, yeah. And that kind of plays into what you were describing earlier about there's almost this crime element. It's almost this secret life. Mm. That, that, there's an allure to that, right? There's something that's, uh, that's exciting about that. And I think the, the added element of having a double life um it it just it just adds to that right i mean did that did that continue to play out through your addiction was there that double life did that continue in other relationships as well oh 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah you've um yeah absolutely absolutely it was uh yeah a, 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 as you say a double 
double life really um nobody nobody knew about it at all people people knew that i perhaps gambled um but to what extent no that they had no no idea at all no idea yeah. And you were describing the feeling, right? Especially of the first win, you're describing the the adrenaline rush. But what did it feel like when you weren't gambling? If you're just at school or if you're at home, what was like? Do you have a do you have a memory or a sense of your general mood or your general feelings during those days? Mm, it's really hard to to kind of surmise, I suppose, because it, it would come and go. It, it you know, I'd be lying if I said I was gambling every day because I wasn't. I could go, you know. A period of a few days a week a few weeks to get you know going out without gambling but um you, you basically think everything else is the problem you don't realize that gambling is at the center of it of the spider web so um the feelings were like feeling going from like glass half full to like half empty attitude um you had this constant stress of like no money um mm. which do you know what being in recovery and got, getting out of debt and or getting better like i cannot tell you how like amazing that is just to to, to clear sort of your debts and, as well because that the, the stress of the money was just unreal unreal just yeah you would you would spend all your money um even when you had money i'd spend it if i didn't have money i'd find money to spend to try and get money and you're just caught in this hamster wheel this vicious cycle and you just couldn't get out so um, frustrations, ups and downs, uh, roller coaster of emotions, um, and, and, and also just a lot of like numbness. So after a big like gambling session, when you've gambled for hours or you've won a lot of money or you've lost a lot, you just, it's really hard to describe. You just feel completely like flatlined. If, it, if it was a heart monitor at the hospital, it's just completely flatline. Um, yeah. you just feel, feel nothing really. So, um, a lot of emptiness and, and, and yeah. By the end, some very dark, dark places. So, yeah. What was your, um, did you notice during this period, um, because you had interest in other things, right? You were interested mm. in football, you had friends. Did you start to lose interest in those other things as well? Or did you, was that not part of your story? No, it's, um, no, you're right. It started to affect other things. Um, relationships mostly. Um, my relationship with my girlfriends, um, like sabotaging that. Um and, and yeah, I lost interest in football as well. I always played football and then became a football referee. Um, I took a a sabbatical for a year from from refereeing. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that was largely because of the gambling and other bits and pieces and, and stuff. So uh, and then and then. But yeah, I mean, my, my love for football, I don't know if it's just, be, you know, you can fall out of love with your hobbies as a kid and stuff. And that's totally cool. Um, but yeah, when when. I was kind of gambling on my own team to lose and uh, to 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 concede goals or, or you know it was just like trying to make some money. I mean, people might do that as a su superstition, right? They bet against their own team, like just to soften the blow. I I, I get it, but um, yeah, it it it's kind of scuppered my love for football, I think. But I get there's other right. reasons. There's it's not just gambling. There are other reasons as well. What about uh, what about other substances or other addictions? Because I know um, I think you shared a little bit about dabbling with, in other drugs as well. Was that fueled? Was that more when you were gambling, or is that more once you were done gambling to sort of cope with that flatline feeling? Yeah, a bit of both. Bit of both. I think I was like mid twenties. It was like you know I play the drums as well, and it was just I was in a band. You know, it, it kind of goes with that that feeling of like oh it's rock and roll, right? So 
I'll do it, you know, and uh, just experimenting and things. But yeah, again, it's a um, bit of a collision course, really. Uh, it would, by the end of it, I was like, yeah, using drugs, like lots of drink just to like chase the dragon, try and, trying to kind of get, get a feeling. Um, even mm -hmm. then when I was gambling as well, um, bizarrely when I was at the casino, like I would very rarely drink. Um, because I was there to make money to, to, to do this because I thought I could be a professional. That's how like deluded I was. But um, yeah, use of drugs to then like numb the pain. And, and I think there's been studies, I, I could be wrong, but I think there's studies that there's, there's a big crossover um, between gambling and um, other, other substance abuses as well. I've, I've heard that before, actually. Another, I was listening to a podcast, uh, a gambling addict who, yeah, when he was actually in the casino, never drank at all. Like his friends would be getting wasted, but he was just so focused on the, uh, I think he was into blackjack or something, but he, he was mm. so focused on that, that he didn't need any other substance. That is his high, right? Mm. I think for, for drug addicts and alcoholics, that would almost be hard to understand mm. because it's like, oh, you're in a casino. What are you doing? <laughs> um, did you get any negative consequences from the drug use at all, or was it more moderate? Oh no, it was it was pretty heavy. It was it was um, it was mostly uh, like marijuana. Then then the side effects of that, I guess, like a lot of paranoia. Um, again, appreciate for a lot of people. It's like anything if you have it in and use it rec recreationally, and you can stay in control and all that sort of stuff. And you you, you know you're not addicted to it. I can see these things being pleasurable, but. Um, yeah, it was just way too much of a good thing. And uh, coming off of that, yeah, a lot of paranoia, panic attacks. Again, I, it's really hard to pinpoint. pinpoint uh, yeah, it's a mix of factors, right? Yeah. There's a lot going on on your brain, yeah. Yeah, but but some real horrible panic attacks that like were just, yeah, not, not nice at all, like at all. <laughs> was so. that near the end of the gambling of the road for you for gambling or was that uh, earlier on? So that was maybe like... Um, it's a real it's a real it's a weird one because with gambling i kind of i have now gone cold turkey as it were but it was kind of like a gradual fade um mm -hmm. so i self-excluded from casinos and then maybe uh, yeah maybe, maybe kind of a year after that a little bit there was some kind of panic attacks so maybe back in 2017 18 maybe okay so yeah I experienced that as well with weed and it's uh it's funny because I would always tell myself like oh this isn't really a drug this is just uh, <laughs> this is totally fine this actually helps me with stress right that was always what I would tell myself mm. um and and it does help some people I agree with you that it's not necessarily a bad thing and it can be prescribed for different reasons but the way that I used it it sounds like the way you used it as well and just what's going on in our brains with other addictions it's just it's a recipe for disaster. And that's such a scary thing to experience, like real paranoia. I don't mm. know, did you have any hallucinations or anything like that? Or was it just uh, conspiracy theories? Oh yeah, all of it, all of it. Like wow. conspiracy, yeah, like I really got down the rabbit hole on that. Um, yeah. and, and that's a dangerous thing because you know, it's all, it's all good to be super critical, but then everything is a fix and you just like, you really get down a, a very deep dark rabbit hole and uh even now i still struggle with with certain things it's just you become like really cynical um and skeptical of everything basically so <laughs> yeah it so was, what, did, what did you yeah. believe was uh what did you believe was going to happen like were you just isolating in your house and what happened yeah do you know what i remember there was one there was one point it got so bad that i was living with my girlfriend in in south london and she her parents had a place um down well where we're living now in south sea portsmouth on the south coast 
And um, I was convinced it was when Donald Trump was getting um, unveiled, as it were, as the, as the president. And I just had this, I started to believe in like chemtrails in the, in the sky and all this kind of conspiracy stuff. And uh, yeah, like just was like, I was convinced that the, the whole world was like going to blow up, like there was going to be a big attack yeah, that day. <laughs> and so I pulled her out of London and we just headed for the South Coast. And I just remember like, look at every plane that was over the sky and there's bear in mind in london there's a lot right so right, it's just like right. every plane it was like oh god this could be it this could be it, it was just yeah, I'm, I'm laughing now but it was just like no Whoa. that's terrifying that Whoa. is such a scary place to be yeah. yeah yeah it was it was spooky spooky what about what about yourself with uh oh my god i i thought uh i thought my friends were trying to kill me oh, i god. left i was i was with friends in southeast asia and i basically um i i left them like i i ran away like secretly when they were gone and i i got like a motel for myself like on the other side of town and the whole way there like this was in vietnam i didn't uh i didn't speak the language or anything so the whole way there um i would like hear people speaking vietnamese and i thought they were talking about me and i thought they were they were after me and it was just a nightmare um but uh, how did you eventually get out of that? Were you, did you get on any medication or was it just once you stopped smoking weed and, and stopped some of the other behaviors that things leveled out? Um, do you know what? I, I didn't actually receive any medication for it. Um, I, it. Again, it was just almost like a gradual fade of, you know, if you think about the control panel in a, in a music studio and all the different levels and stuff, it was like, it wasn't like everything just got cut down. It was like, I'd stop weed, but I'd carry on mm. smoking cigarettes and then i'd stop and then i'd start drinking but i you know so it's all these little kind of factors um so I, st I kind of stopped smoking like heavy marijuana january 2018 but i would then dabble like and then it became to a point where i was like no i can't do this anymore because this is just like it just screws with my head yeah yeah no i think some brains just they're not meant for it they're just no uh, no once you once you've <laughs> experienced some things um what about the self-exclusion from the casino? What uh, what was that like? Was it really hard for you? Was it something that you had to fight? You had urges to go back? Or was it pretty clear to you that, you know what, casinos were not good for you? Yeah, it was. Um, I did actually try and go back. Um, so self-excluded December 2017, um, which was amazing because it's like I literally couldn't get back into the casino, um, which was good because that was like my main vice. Um, and then I was living back in London in 2019. And by this point, I was like gambling heavily online. You'd think I'd like self exclude, but it was just I was, that. I was, that yeah. was my next question about <laughs> yeah. the online thing, because that's a nightmare, right? You have yeah. a laptop, you have a phone. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. It was kind of like, it was that kind of half assed like, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with a problem, but secretly, like, oh, it's great because I can still do it elsewhere and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, I remember I went back into the, the casino in the Hippodrome, central London, like Leicester Square, Piccadilly. And uh, you don't need a membership to, to just get in. So you can kind of just walk in. So I like, walked in, um, was like, boom, 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 you know, heart and mouth. And uh, wow. yeah, just went straight up to the blackjack table, was played. And I knew they have cameras. That I, like, you know, it's casinos, they have cameras everywhere. So um, I didn't get found, but I was like, honestly, my heart was out here because it was just... Um, I don't know if it was the anxiety of like, oh, I shouldn't be here or I'm playing, I'm gambling again, doing it for real. Because I just love the, the cards, the setting, like the whole thing about it. Um, and uh, and then I went back the next day. I think I'd won like 50 quid. So it's like, boom, I'm back in, you know. Wow. And, then, and then the next day went back in 
And um, yeah, they spotted me and I was like, oh, I thought I was going to get arrested. And it was just the mo it was just embarrassing. The manager pulled me out and all this sort of stuff. And they took my money. I don't know. And it was just like, yeah, it wasn't rock bottom. That's that's being over the top. But it was just a proper like, what am I doing with my like, what am I doing yeah. <laughs> um, by that point? So that's that's a sobering moment. Um and what about the online piece? So you're you're out of the casinos. How long? How much longer did the online behavior go on for? And what were you doing online? Yeah, sure. So I was then gambling like roulette, blackjack, heavily. Um, I'd got into like I'd stopped doing roulette uh, because I was like, well, that's like I've done my apprenticeship, as it were. Um, like I've done that for years. Don't need to do that anymore. So I started going on blackjack because I was like trying to learn how to count cards and all this kind of, I wanted to be a professional and I was keeping like data sheet, all this sort of stuff and uh, with just to no avail. So yeah, I would, I would, I remember once I built up my balance, um, you know, several hundred pounds, which to some people might not be a lot, but to me at the moment, at the time I had like no money, that was a big chunk of change. And uh, yeah, I'd like got high <clears throat> and uh, yeah, lost, lost a lot. Um, so then was gambling on like, slot machines which i'd never did before trying to get a quick win roulette trying to win it back um then it kind of faded out i moved back in with my girlfriend was like right i need to get my life back on track luckily she like really luckily she took me back and and the, you know there's been a lot of bridges to kind of repair um but i was then betting online on football because i was like right i need to make some money um and i have football knowledge like i used to play right. the game and it's all good right. like it's cool um I used to referee like I, I know the out I'm going to be able to know the outcome and uh, and it just got to the point where I was just like this is just not doing anything for me and um, and then stopped and that was about October 2019 yeah 2019 so congratulations man it's Thank been you. a couple of years <laughs> yeah there was a little misdemeanor like um, early February that's about February 2020 I went into a bookies with my friend who I'd always gambled with. Anyway, this is going off on a tangent now, but um, I did have a little bet then. And then it was like a bit of a spring back of like, dude, you just don't need to do this anymore. So It's so hard when a friendship is, is based <sighs> yeah. a lot on that, right? If you've known this guy from high school or, or from university or something like that. Yeah, I know for myself, I definitely had to take some time. Like I had to take a break from, from certain groups of friends, from certain people, just because the friendship is so based on some of these behaviors. I think there's entire groups that just, they drink together, they gamble together. Mm. Like it's just, that's what people do. And, and for some people it can be okay. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Um, but, um, what was it like for you when you, um, moved back with your girlfriend and you were, you were starting to really like close the door on these behaviors. Did, um, did you feel more anxious in your life? Did you feel more, uh, paranoia or anything like that? Or did things start to get better? Oh, things like got like a lot better to be fair, okay. a lot better. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've always been self-employed, so I got a job, um, actually got a job <laughs> forever. Like people are like, get a job, get a job. So I got a job, um, at secondary school and that like helped massively. Cool. So it was like proper self-care, just, the basic things that you just take for granted as like as a human being, but just like a regular sleeping time, regular wake up time, um, cold shower in the morning, like regular cereal, you know, just like normal food at regular hours a day. Because when you're in the, an addiction, like self care just goes completely out yeah. the window. Yeah. And as I'm sure you know, so um, yeah, just just 
just to have just all of that good stuff like reading before bed i mean it wasn't overnight but it was just like you could pretty quickly feel the the effects of like just human basics <laughs> so yeah. they're so underrated like even something like three meals a day yeah <laughs> like you'd think that we'd have that figured out but some of us need uh really hard lessons and why that's important yeah um yeah what else helped you what else did you do in this sort of early phase um and were you were you experiencing more urges were you experiencing like compulsion when you're on the laptop to like open up one of those sites or or you were you were pretty done with it i was pretty done with it it was like i i, I think the and it still remains this, the, main, the, the, the main kind of thing. It's like, I just don't want to give them my time. Why do, They don't deserve my time. It's, yes, it's the money. Obviously, that was a massive factor, but it's just like, I'm fed up. Like, this is so boring. Like, I'm spending hours a day, like, doing this thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want this to suck anything out, like, more out of me. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's been the main, the main thing. And, again, uh, being a secret, like... <laughs> this sounds really that shit crazy but like oh capitalism and all this sort of stuff um or like a little bit anti-establishment and all that kind of stuff so it's a bit like why on earth would i want this and i know there's other things you you, you could say well why do you still buy coca-cola or whatever and right. oh, it's a good thing but it's like why on earth would i this this man-made synthetic thing why on earth would i give any more time um of like towards this so it's a little bit chip a, on my shoulder like. <laughs> <laughs> whatever i think that's a good perspective to have though and that can be you can direct that perspective to a lot of addictions like what about the alcohol industry really you're gonna pay more money into that yeah. industry? like yeah I think that's a good that's a good way of looking at something and man it's a money cow like mm. gambling in particular i mean mm. in canada i know that uh one of the uh the premiers he was really big on like uh improving the like casinos because he, he was like he was that was part of his platform was like increasing the casino number in ontario which oh, uh it's just crazy there's so many other things to run on but that was that's a big money maker like yeah. there's there's uh there's a huge opportunity for to make money from people like yourself who were desperate and who had compulsions and um it's sad that there are so many industries like that where um they they prey on addicts and and make a ton of money no, you're you're totally right. I mean, um, I, I wish I knew my stats a bit better than this, but uh, I think I think around last year, maybe the the, the head of Labrooks, um, one of the big betting firms, uh, kind of came out and was in Parliament. Was like, yeah, we we make you know ninety nine percent of our money profits come from um, you know losing accounts and the stats. Oh of, it's it's kind of. A sweeping generalization here but yeah they, they 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 do prey on the you know a lot of the vulnerable people especially with vip accounts i mean some of the stories are just complete just absolutely scandalous um that that it's it's fundamentally fundamentally built uh in these pockets on, on like addiction and, and yeah it's um you can get really angry and you can get drawn into the politics which i kind of have and i'm trying to get myself out of that because it's just yeah it can really Get you, going. you can't change it right like you can do your podcast you can spread the word and you can help individuals but you can't change something as big as uh, as a whole industry and i think that's when we just have to uh to move on and focus our attention elsewhere not mm. not waste because you already wasted so much energy like you were saying mm. you already mm. wasted so much time mm. uh no point getting so upset about it and um what do you what do you focus your energy on now what do you try and spend your time on and what are you interested in 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so like I've always I've always played the drums and uh, around again, another kind of thing in the, the whole of sort of drugs and gambling and all that sort of stuff. I, I'd always with a former student of mine, a drum teacher set up this thing uh, called Bass Netomer. It kind of never took off, unfortunately, because we had a few issues and bits and pieces, but it was like really cool. And it was this online drumming tuition sort of business, cool. as it were. So, um, yeah, I've, t I've kind of like, I feel like I've spun like a full 360 a little in a, in a, in a way, because it's sort of was going to do that and then everything got in the way and I've kind of come back and it's like, no, 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 this is this is cool. So, yeah, just trying to build up my drum teaching business with um, with lots of local schools. I've rung a ridiculous amount. I've, I've done a lot of cold calling <laughs> the last few days um, on the phone. What type of music do you play? Uh, what type of uh, what type of drumming? So I'm, I'm I'm kind of like Oasis, sort of like Blur, you know, like indie rock kind of. Okay, cool. Grew up on um, a lot of the Chili Peppers. Like Chad Smith was like nice, absolute nice. idol. So um, yeah, it's Freshanti is my idol for guitar as well. So are you guitar right? I'm a big big fan, big fan of uh, Freshanti. Yeah. Oh, he's a dude. He's an absolute dude. Have you seen um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, the documentary at all? Um, no. Where he's yeah, it, that gets a bit funny because they're all I'll, like, I'll check it out. Yeah, they're all kind of tripping and and, and writing some great songs and uh, yeah, he's he's very um, conceptual, should we say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something about music. I think it's uh, it's it's also came back a lot more after after addiction. It became a much bigger interest for me. Nice. Um, there's something about like really getting in the zone and being present with music that uh, it's just it's just an amazing experience, and you you can't get it in a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. It's that it's that flow state, right? It's that complete yeah. mindfulness. Like, boom, we're here, we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's that's so cool. You turned it into a business. Is that so? Are you working in the secondary school, and then you're also doing the uh, the teaching drums, or? Uh, no, so I so I quit um, working at the secondary school, kind of just okay. to spend more time. I was getting probably obsessed by the invisible addiction of the podcast that I do. Uh, <laughs> that became a big obsession. I mean, oh, that's, there's, a good, that's a good obsession. Yeah, there, there's an argument, isn't there, between, you know, people that have had, you know, who have got addictive tendencies and obsession and t risk averse and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, uh, so I've done a rebrand. It's called Drum with Alex. Uh, if anyone wants to check it out, anyone out there in the big sure. wide world that, you know, wants a, an online drum lesson. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it's 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 a drum teaching business like one to one. And uh, yeah, trying to get as um, many schools as possible uh, to go in and teach, but, but mostly primary school. So what, like from seven to sort of 11, that kind of age to um, cool. get them enthused, inspired. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and what about the podcast? So you started it about a year ago. What, um, what was the motivation to start the podcast? Uh, it was, so um, it was a few things really, but the, the, the main thing was, uh, Lee, God bless him. He, he, he a, a, I say a friend. It, it was more of a, a person in the community, really. Um, that that was our local, was was our family plumber. And I mean, I, I can't pretend to sort of say, you know, I won't pretend to say that I was best friends with him until, you know, far from it. But um, it really, really shook the community up. It, it really shook me up because it was really close to home. Um, it was gambling related suicide and. Uh, yeah, it was just a softly spoken, polite, lovely man with a couple of kids and uh, you just would never have known. And um, I was 
doing some YouTube vlogs of my own, like lockdown, quite sort of egotistical in a way, sort of trying to be funny, but kind of wasn't. And uh, and then I, I started my own podcast, like under my own name, and um, very quickly, Lee obviously took his own life, and it was just like the third wow. episode of the podcast, I think. And I was like, do you know what? We can sit here and try and be funny, or like this is probably a good time, if any, to to kind of talk about, to share, to to share my story. Because up until that point, I, you know, just felt totally alien, really lonely, completely different to everyone else. I didn't realise it was that, uh, you know, if you speak to people with addictions and Gambers Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, etc., etc., you realise, oh, there's a whole like bunch of other people like me. But up until that point, you have personal pride. You don't think that anyone else has those issues so i shared uh there's like warts and all tears everything and um but it was good and uh from that my brother was like dude why don't you do some more gambling podcasts like speak to others and uh wow. yeah and here we are <laughs> so what was the response from from friends and family especially friends who also gambled and friends that uh your friendship was based at least partly around that did any uh did anyone come to you um admitting that they had similar problems oh good question um I, no no not really not really um i think it was i think it, it was a lot of friends and family i think still to this day like my family probably still don't know the full extent like i kind of just came out of nowhere i didn't even tell them i was like guys i'm going to do this thing i just sort of did it and uh yeah lots of friends and family got in touch lots of acquaintances and we just just it was that arm of support and uh that encouragement and it was just like wow how do you find uh how do you find people for the, your show so I, I just like i just message um yeah so just a bit like yourself just message people and uh just see what they say and uh fortunately people say yes um cool they'd, they'd speak to this this muppet here so, so. <laughs> Man, i feel the same way it's so weird especially when i first started the show i mean i had like 10 followers on instagram or something and i'd message someone who wrote a book and i'd say like hey can i have you on this new podcast and weirdly enough they would say yes which is so cool about this community yeah i i, I love all your social media posts it looks like proper smart it's um i love your yeah Thanks. your page is cool it's cool Shout out to my girlfriend for helping me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> I, I'm not an aesthetic person, but... Uh, <laughs> it looks great. Uh, thanks. Thanks, man. What, what do you think about gambling now? I mean, what do you think when you see other people gambling or uh, if you see like a, uh, some friends playing poker or something? Um, would you ever like join a poker game or something like that? Or is this completely off the table for you? And, and what do you think about other people engaging in it? Yeah, sure. I, I started off um, like kind of thinking, oh, like I'd be all right to gamble, you know, as long as it's not roulette or blackjack, which was the, my kind of main two vices and like stuff like that. Really good question. So I've kind of spun again on that. I've now like said, right, no, I'm not just not doing it like at all. So if people, so like at Christmas, my family had these, um, have you seen that like roulette drinking game where yeah, that kind of yeah. thing? And uh, it was like, whoa, that was quite spooky. Triggering. Yeah, quite triggering. Um so yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm one of my closest friends um, who we would bet a lot of the time together. Um, obviously, lockdowns happened, so we've not been 
around like hanging out and we'd always go to the bookies and stuff but he knows all about the the, the podcast as well but I don't know sometimes it's quite cool because you kind of like gauge little things you're like oh, I don't know maybe he might have been gambling or like mm. that sort of thing um so I just sort of I don't know I just sort of check in every now and again and, and I don't want to come across as like bossy which I'm very right. good at I'm very good at being bossy I can I can do that <laughs> but um yeah just uh like um i don't know and then then some friends i've got are like uh, into the horse racing and like they they do pretty well out of it like a lot of a lot of bookmakers have shut them down like they they won't take their bets or restricted their bets and all this and then we get into the ethics of gambling and stuff like this wow. but um yeah it's it's not they seem to be in control like they can do it fine good luck to them um yeah in some way in some respects i'm i'm envious because they can keep it you know under wraps but uh yeah there we go yeah it is what it is i think everyone reacts to different substances and different behaviors differently um mm. i think i grew up in a in a religious household which kind of had the view that hey these substances these things are dangerous no one should do them let's just make it illegal let's just make it forbidden right um and uh, i don't know i don't think that's the best approach i think um i think your perspective on it seems pretty balanced and um I always try and keep an open mind with regards to other people's lives. I, I think I can only know for myself and, and know what's good and bad for me and, and try and live that the best I can. But um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting topic. All these, all these ethical questions, gambling, <laughs> drinking, yeah. all these uh, pornography. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a good point. I think, you know, you can start off being quite like trying to bang the drum and tell everybody like, right, don't do it, don't do it. And then, that can get you so far and uh yeah i think you're right you know you do you i'll do me <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of thing yeah uh, to an and extent anyway just, yeah to an extent yeah 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 well listen man this has been awesome having you on the show is there uh is there anything else you would want to share with someone who uh may be struggling with a gambling addiction or who may think that they have a gambling addiction yeah for sure um uh, firstly i would say to them that that you're not alone um there are other people out there in the world that have experienced like similar stories and and similar journeys everyone obviously everyone is unique but um there are people from the same part of the planet as you and uh yeah you you are not alone um obviously everyone says oh you've got to talk and like yeah talking obviously helps but like you've got to think is it affecting your family relationships is it affecting your your thinking you're clouding your judgment and all that kind of stuff and uh there's lots of tools available um gam stop is amazing uh gamban the national gambling helpline if, if you're in the uk uh lots of tools to like ban like gambling sites software like on your cool. laptop and computer so you can put roadblocks in place and then it's all about repairing and rewiring your brain because you've like you know you've got a certain skewed way of thinking like myself included it takes a lot of time just to kind of get that back on track so um you know seek uh gamblers on a gamblers anonymous is great obviously you can listen to podcasts which is good to hear other people's stories um uh seek therapy um one-to-one -one counseling if you don't get on with a counselor um that's cool just try out another one um obviously you can research online um and uh yeah i think it's just trying to get that support network really but a lot of self-care as well so um you know uh like we spoke about earlier sleep um yeah routine 
uh, food, exercise, like just just real basic things. Because as I say, everything kind of just goes completely out the window. So uh, yeah, sorry that wasn't so succinct and short, but um, and that, I that, hope that helps. Someone could take that recording and just apply it to any addiction. I think that's a good that's a good uh, analysis or a summary of what helps people to get out of this. So oh, thank, thank you for that. No, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. And thanks again for coming on the show, man. This has been awesome for me. I think I, I learned a lot. And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure meeting you. No, thanks very much, Adrian. It's um, yeah, it's been a pleasure on my end as well. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Addictive Pod. If you got anything out of what Alex had to say, be sure to check him out on Instagram at The Invisible Addiction. As well as listening to his podcast, it is called The Invisible Addiction. You can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's been an absolute pleasure hosting the show, as always. And if you don't know this already, I just started a Patreon. Um, It is patreon.com forward slash addictive pod, P-O-D. And that's where you can find some uh, solo episodes that I do. And I'm going to be starting a series very soon, going over each of the 12 steps and just sharing my insights on those and my experience on working through these steps. So if you're in a 12-step recovery program or if you're thinking about getting into one of these programs, be sure to check it out. It's going to be super helpful for you no matter where you are in your recovery journey. Until next week, guys, take care. And remember, we recover together.